welcome to De Stefano Talks, episode number three. On today's podcast, I sat down with my brother, Daniel Carlin, to discuss his lifelong battle with a visual impairment. When I was setting up De Stefano Talks, Daniel approached me and asked me if we could sit down and record an episode to discuss his battle with a visual impairment. VI and disability in general is something that's pretty close to my heart, so of course I was more than willing to have this kind of episode on De Stefano Talks, because I think it's important, you know, that we get the stories of people who have a disability out there. Um, As you know, there's a stigma attached to disability in the 21st century and it's something that we need to try and overcome as a a human race in general. Um, It's just one of those battles of stigmas that has to be overcome. It's the same as racism, homophobia, xenophobia, the stigma with mental health. There's no difference. Any stigma in life needs to be challenged and we need to try and eradicate the stigmas around things as I've already mentioned so when Daniel wanted to discuss this on the podcast I I was more than than willing to do that. Now on the podcast we discuss his early life, his battle with a visual impairment, growing up, moving down to England to a new environment and eventually moving into coaching rugby um, at the under nines level and then moving on and studying in education. So all that plus more on today's episode of De Stefano Talks to Daniel Carlin. So Daniel, you obviously suffer from a visual impairment. So tell tell the listeners first of all what what's that like to live as as, a, as someone with a visual impairment. So it's described as congenital cataracts, and basically what happens is it's cataracts in both of my eyes, one in the middle of my eye and one on the other eye on the outs on the outskirts of it. That wasn't diagnosed until I was two and a half. Now a doctor described it as when you're born your eyes take eight years to develop and because my retina in theory for the first two and a half years of my life was restricted by the cataracts from getting light, my eyes have not developed properly. Hence why when it's sunny outside and the different lightings and different um over overcasts and going into different environments can be a little bit disorientating so for example today coming through town and the sun's blaring down as I'm walking over the bridge at the Clyde side and I can't see a thing in front of me because the sun has just split the cataracts into it and it was really really disorientating. So obviously day to day wise how, how does that affect you then if you're doing your job you said you were working over Christmas so well, first of all tell the listeners what is it you do and describe how that kind of affects you from doing your job. Over Christmas I've been um, working part time in, um, in a local pub where I live down south but my sort of day-to-day job is working with children so I've just um, recently qualified as a level three teaching assistant and I'm doing an open university degree in primary education so the impact that really has is letting the children that I work with understand so basically what I say to them is so everybody knows that my eyes don't work properly do you think you would be able to help me so I give them the power of them helping me so for example if they get stuck I ask them to do things for me to adapt the learning environment to help me help them and my old philosophy saying is is they don't care what you know until they know you care about them so by showing them that I care about them they then respond to me so the environment is again going back to the lighting or the time of day it is outside can affect basically what I do but with the positive mindset that I've got you just try and be the most successful you can be in the given circumstances in theory with the cards obviously that I've been dealt with this disability that restricts me from doing things in my day-to-day life. Right okay so you say that when you work with 
children obviously you're in a teaching environment so is that like if they have obviously you know kids who work from like work books or things like that is of a question on that that they don't they're, they're stuck with you would ask them to say read the question to you is that, is that what it is using different methods of teaching I could have a copy of the worksheet before I go down and know and know all the questions on there so that I'm familiar with them or I go in and you can be asked on the spot um, such and such needs help um, can you go and help them and then you go in and I'll either have a closer look or I'll get them to read the question to me so in theory people might be thinking why do you get them to read the question to you because to them knowledge is power so they are then telling me what the question is so that I can help them and by doing that that's helping their listening skills and literacy skills as well as their personal social emotional skills because they're interacting with me and we we are talking and I'm getting I'm getting responses from them and uh, every day when you go into a classroom or a playground or a learning environment children are learning constantly mm-hmm. like adults are right okay so do you feel that you with someone you have a visual impairment right so there's a lot of negativity around disability especially in society in the 21st century do you feel that even though you have a disability you still command the respect of the the people that you work with and not only that the, the children that you work with the children definitely respect it the children really really do definitely respect it because you respect them going back to my previous quote they don't care what you know until they know you care so by showing them that I care about them they then care what I've got to say and how I'm going to help develop them and give them the best possible learning experience with with their time with me when they're in my company so an example being at uh, the rugby team that I coach a lot of the children I've seen in school and they listen and they respect me because they know me and obviously they, they they look up to me so I mean like children are they do yeah sometimes play up and be silly but what children don't and then you just you just sort of put a stop to that and, and, and put them into the listening area where they, where they sort of stop and listen and if they keep speaking you ask them where they are and then they'll say the listening area and then I'll sort of basically say so why 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 are you still talking and not listening but we can just yeah. wait until you finish talking before um before you want to listen to me that's absolutely fine and then by saying that that gains their respect and they just be quiet because they are respectful people you made um when you when you were talking there you made the point that the children do respect you but you made that you made like a little hesitation there as as if there was something that other people maybe don't respect you is, is that what you were getting at there basically what yeah basically what, what I'm saying is is um, I, like I'll give you an example the children respect it because because they know and you, and you tell them like today I'm crossing the road Mm-hmm. and uh, a guy toots a horn and gives me sticks up the middle finger at me mm-hmm. because I didn't actually see the car come around the sun's low and he's just assumed that I've wa- I've decided to walk out in front of that car to yeah. annoy him when actually if you actually slow down and think about what goes on in society and question that then you might if that was me in that car then you might actually realise okay why has that guy done that has he done that to purposely annoy me or has he is he just not seeing me or is he or is he partially sighted or is he blind etc 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 and this I think society can be a little bit ignorant at times okay um, that, you know I'm not going to argue with that I think that is a fair and valid point in terms of the people that you work with do you feel that you have their respect for you know what you do obviously you, your job is ten times harder than their job because you have to go maybe at a slower pace or you do things maybe 
in a different route, you go down a different path. Do you feel that you have the respect to your colleagues or do you feel that there's still people that don't understand it and when you're working with them, they're like, well, I don't understand why someone with a visual impairment is working with kids. Do you ever get that kind of... Not, not at all. Uh, support the support network's really good. Um, people are willing to go above and beyond and help you, uh, and I'm completely, completely, um, utterly in awe of helping people, and they they do they do respect it. But knowing myself that um, in the environment in any job that I do, I mean, I would like to say that I'm perfect, but not not everybody's everybody's perfect so when I go in to work whether that be in the pub or that be working with kids or that be whatever I've done in the past I will always give 100% effort into it and try and go to the 200% because somebody's giving you the opportunity somebody's giving you the chance you've got to grasp it with both hands and you've just got to be the best that you can be in life in order to be successful Okay um, the reason I said is I wasn't, wasn't alluding to anything I just wanted to see how someone with a visual impairment feels in the workplace um, because I, I have heard other stories of people that have worked in a certain environment where they've not had the respect for their colleagues because they've got a visual impairment and people would, you know, take the mix. So that's why I just wanted to, to ask it's, that. Sorry, it's not it's, it's not so much that. It's sometimes like you feel that if you're going for if you're going for jobs or um, you're applying for things, you you think and I, and I personally think that I've got quite a good application form. I've got quite a good thing to send in, and I've got um I've got a great skill set to offer um offer uh, potential employers but there's that little bit of doubt in my mind that when I put the application form in I do think to myself I can't see so what, why why are they, why they going to give me the job why are they going to yeah. give the job to the guy that can't see because he's not good enough but then on the other hand do I need to think to myself maybe I have to think right why wouldn't why wouldn't they give that to me who's telling me that they're not giving me it because I can't see that's just a doubt that I've got in my mind so is that anybody else's problem or is that my problem I'd probably say that's my problem and then I need to maybe work and try and overcome that yeah. so that I can be obviously as successful as I, I, I would like to be Okay, um, you mentioned earlier that you coach um, children at rugby. Yeah. Obviously, rugby is a contact sport. Um, it's very much, you know, it's quite a physical game. I think, you know, most people that have seen rugby have thought it's quite quite rough, not violent, quite rough. Um, how, how do you find that when you, did you play rugby? Did you, you know, did, how did you find that having a visual impairment, playing a sport um, and even coaching in a sport such as rugby where it is quite quite rough so I've not actually I've not actually played it I've um I just do um uh, coaching it was funny because I got into it um, through um, a fellow friend of mine called um Glenn Bennett um who's has been absolutely fantastic um decided I wanted to go down and help him yeah coach his 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 children uh under 15s and they said he said oh um there's another coach that would like your help um you'd I'd be thinking you'd be better at that and I said no 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 I don't want to do that I want to come and help you so I turned up in sort of football trousers and a mixed match kit type thing to turn up and help coach and I was looking at myself thinking you know what am I doing so I, I went down Glim was there greeted me right what do you want to do this is what this is what we're doing today and I was just trying to sort of be positive around the, around the guys that he's got yeah. and then he said oh we need to go and see this we need to go and have a look at this other session so again he's saying people want to see you because you know you could fit in anywhere so he's sort of putting the power, power in my head and I'm going right okay so then we went over and we got um, to a different session and 
he was just like, this is it, this is where you're going to be based, and, and so I left me, and I thought, oh, I, d- I didn't want to do it, and then as I got into it, I just, I wanted to be back there the next week, um, I've, t- I've turned up every week since then, I, I think I've only missed a couple of weeks, and that's been about five years, obviously, we're breaking the summer, but going back, sorry, to the original question, uh, I don't find it difficult, because um, although I didn't play rugby, and although I don't, um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm probably not a, a master of all the laws, as they say, what I do provide is um, confidence, Con, uh, sort of confidence, positive, stimulating environment for the children to be the best that they can be. Again, going back to my um, my, my philosophy is is if you're positive and you've got a positive mind frame and you go in psychologically, you yeah. can coach anybody at any sport or anything you want to. You just have to adapt to the different rules. And if you know the rules, then brilliant. And if you don't get to know them, but provide that confidence and the positivity, tell the children, tell people, tell the adults, tell them that how fantastic they are. Okay, they're not going to be great at everything, but even if they can't take uh, any sort of, they'll never be professional rugby players, what they can take out of it is um, life skills and promoting the, um, the core values of uh, teamwork, respect, enjoyment, discipline and um, sportsmanship if you can gain them you you know you're gaining skills for life you're not just gaining skills from the sport you're gaining skills for life and you want them to take away a memory and say I remember my coach I remember doing that I remember this and I, I remember that and that's what you want you just want to give positive positive mindset to all the young all the young people out there because um Every child deserves every child deserves a champ a champion an adult who will never give up on them somebody who understands the power of connection and insists that they become the best that they can possibly be. In terms of we've you know we've spoken about your disability sort of affects your day to day life. Tell the tell the listeners well, what are some of the negative experiences that you've faced with having a visual impairment. Um, you mentioned about a guy smacked his horn at you today because you crossed in front of him in a in a main road. Uh, is it any any like from when you were a child or as you grew into being a man? Is it anything that's any sort of negative experiences that you've had from people because you've got a visual impairment? Well, I, to start off with, I really feel that my school life was negative. Yeah, I probably didn't help myself to be honest. I'm messing about and stuff, but I was never given that champion which I've just mentioned, yeah. beside, beside, me to, beside me to help me, something to spur me on and tell me that I can be the best I can be and really, really push me. Instead, it was just sort of, oh, you, you're back of the class, you're bottom of the group because you, you can't do it. But actually, I actually say to people nowadays, where I was actually, it's not my eyes, my eyes don't work. My mm-hmm. eyes don't work properly. You know, there's, not, there's nothing more honest than that. My eyes don't work properly. Yeah. But my brain sure as hell. Is, is as intact as anybody's yeah. you know is ready and ready to go and that is why I work with children and do what I do because uh, because I want to be that champion for them I want to be that somebody I don't I just want somebody to be that somebody there for them that inspires all the other children to go to go through school there's somebody that I didn't have yeah and people say oh people people can tell me oh you're mad you're this but anything that people tell me I always try and abbreviate into it so for instance people say I'm mad because I do loads of stuff like rugby and the Cub Scouts and volunteer places and different things like that I abbreviate that to making a difference and making a difference to somebody else's life is so rewarding just watching how they are and when a plan comes together and you see people benefiting from it like I'll give you an example one of my proudest moments today was on the 16th of December this year a mere two and a half weeks ago we attended as um 
Cub Scouts uh, the Laser Quest down in Derby and after this was I'd got three Cubs leaving mm-hmm. going up going up to Scouts and I've been with them on our journey on their journey it's the first set of lads that I've been with for the two and a half years have been with me every single week other people have come in we've had new helpers each week but I've been there I've seen them on different camps I've seen them perform and I've witnessed them getting their um, their Cub Scout sorry yeah their Cub Scout Cub Scout Silver Award yeah. and just watching them that night and watching who they'd be coming to and coming up to me and shaking my hand telling me how much they were going to miss you and how much they respect you you know it would have brought a tear to a glass eye and I walked away that night thinking do you know what I have made really well and truly made a difference and I couldn't have been more prouder and every week you turn up the next week I turned up I was just as proud as punch to be there again around the new guys that are coming in the different people that are just going to come and join us the people that are already there and just basically helping them be the best they can be and walking away and it's, it's such a positive and inspirational mindset to have I mean you did say some some negatives there yeah growing up you're, you're going to get negatives everywhere but it's how you it's how you deal with the negatives so if you've got to try and give negative feedback try and give it try and give it constructively and, and reinforce it in a positive way like like big companies like just try and take take you for granted like phone companies uh, banks uh, department for working pensions it's like you know they don't cater for your needs and I always say on if I'm on the phone to them you, you don't send me out letters in large font and I don't understand why because when I go to a bank or a supermarket I can go in and there's a ramp for people potentially if you're in a wheelchair so they're anticipating people to turn up to the bank or somebody to do their shopping or wherever they are in life in a wheelchair why are they not um, anticipating people with partially and partial impairments yeah I mean I've asked for that you you still get um, you still get things in small font now in no way shape or form there am I tarnishing anybody that's in a wheelchair because that is not something that I would do yeah no I don't think anybody um, suggests that you are you were just making a valid point so you you feel that even though companies you you mentioned the DWP you say that they send you out letters in small format and you've you've repeatedly requested to have it in a bigger format is that something that it gets to the stage where it starts to to really get under your skin at the fact that they're not catering for your needs and you've repeatedly asked for it it's really quite irritating but I mean, I mean, I, I was speaking on the phone to I caught a couple of people about him, and I was I had to go through the certain scenario. I had to go through, and basically comes across as the people on the phone just didn't care, just just didn't care. Yeah. The extent where actually uh, you're, you're trying to think about things, and as I said back about a few moments ago, I said it's my eyes that don't work, not my brain. Yeah. Luckily for me, when I'm on the phone, uh, I can pretty much think on my feet. Yeah. And you know some of the attitudes I'm getting as well. Well, well, it's not something we do. Our standard font size is sixteen. Yeah. So I said, yeah. So that's absolutely f- f- fantastic. But I can't read size sixteen font. They went, well, you should have told us. So well, actually, the reason why I'm ringing you up is to do with my my sight impairment. Yeah. And you're telling me you don't know about it, but you've potentially you've potentially been supporting me for a number of years, and you're telling me that. Uh, 
you're supporting me, but you don't know why you're supporting me. And then you're sending me out things to read in small print. And then you're expecting me to fill out a 56 page document, 56 page document. I'm just like, well, really, where, where are we at here? Yeah. And all you get is sort of, um, as you feel like you're a burden on society. So, you know, couple of the ladies' attitudes weren't really that great. So I sort of raised a complaint and I got a guy, uh, person A, rang me rang me up to tell me that he'd sent out a letter saying there was um saying okay yeah he, he felt that the service was pretty poor but um there's a, a couple of other issues and it was just like well tough got on with it. Yeah. So I, I phoned up to sort of rectify the point and I said to the guy I said, so what happens if I made an error on my form? And he told me, categorically said, uh, your form, your your claim, whatever it is you're going for, would be put in jeopardy. I I said, so what did you say your name was again? And he said, said his name, which I won't won't say on here. Yeah, that's fine. And I then said, sorry, you must be Mystic Meg because you have uh, sent me out a letter eight days before I put my complaint in. You've got your date wrong by a month. Yeah. So you've made an error now. How 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 do you feel about that? Yeah. And when the shoe was on the other foot, it was a sort of backtracking and backtracking. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, uh, before you know it, he goes away. He comes back. He rings me back up, apologising. Wants to get things sorted. Really now wants to go above and beyond. Really wants to help me. What font size do you need? Really, really pushing pushing the boundaries to help me. And I just don't understand why that wasn't there to start with. No. Because at the end of the day, the people that phone up, people that are writing into the DWP are vulnerable members of society, yeah. regardless of what position they are in. And something we always, always teach the children is equality. And what you say is, is it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what race, what gender or what religious beliefs you have. Everybody will be treated the same in this country. And that's the way it should be in my honest opinion look it up um, now for people listening they won't know this but obviously you don't live in Scotland you live down in England so I just want to touch back to having the disability when you first left home how, how was that for you with having a disability how did it how did that affect you quite horrendous actually um, not being able to do things not being able to not, be, not being able to see things as a young as a young boy I'd say at 20 21 years old heading out basically to tackle the world on your own and you know I didn't have that I didn't have that experience it, it was quite it was quite bad and you always felt like, like a bit of a burden but here now 10 years down the line you're sat and you're going if it wasn't for that experience I wouldn't be sat here now if it wasn't for the people I met or the friends and family that have helped me I wouldn't I wouldn't be sat here just now trying to be as successful as, as I possibly can and I mean I think that I've mellowed over the last few years and really things that used to bug me about things don't don't as much now because I just refer back to like reinforcing things in a positive way. Yeah. So you know, it's like taking positives from from that experience today. For example, when the guy in the car going round going round the going round the corner, I don't know what his day's been like. I don't know if he's just in an argument with somebody or yes. something's happened in his life and he's stood at the horn and he's getting rid of aggression because that's what he does. You know, we all just need to sit back and look at things and again just keep being positive. So just um, finally, as someone with a visual impairment, um, what advice would you give to anyone? 
that's listening to this that that is younger than you, maybe maybe they're a teenager, maybe they're just a young young guy, young girl, and that they've got a visual impairment to whatever extent it is. What advice would you give to them in life? Well, well essentially, what life advice would you give to them? What life advice I would give to anybody listening to this is a par- par- partially sighted impairment or, or another disability or anybody just struggling really to, to be positive is say get up and do things plan things because this is not a dress rehearsal this is now this is this will not be relived go out and be the best possible person that you can and do what you enjoy and don't ever 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 give up Come over the obstacles that you have, bat them out the way. Sometimes I even see myself as Andy Murray standing with a tennis racket when an obstacle comes my way and you just bat the ball, get it out of the way and move on and keep going and just be the best you can. That's um that's a sweet analogy, I have to say. I think uh, any tennis fans listening will, will love that one. Um, all right, I don't give many people the chance to do this, but I'm going to give you the chance to do this on the podcast. You love social media. You love a bit of Twitter. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the chance to shout out your Twitter account to get more followers. If you would like to follow me and hopefully anything anything I do or see my, what I like to call witty football banter, other people don't seem to like that, but hey-ho, my um, Twitter um, account is at DanielCarlin123. Again, at DanielCarlin123. That was Days to Final Talks, episode number three with Daniel Carlin. I want to say a massive thank you to Daniel for coming on to the podcast and telling his story and his battle with a visual impairment. Um, the aim of this podcast was really to shine a light on the stigma that is attached to disability and visual impairment um, in general. Um, Daniel spoke about some negative experiences that he had, um, so hopefully that can shine a light on how people with a VI are treated um, and hopefully it can give people a chance to be a bit more open-minded when it comes to visual impairment. Um, As I said at the beginning of this podcast, there is far too much stigma um, around in this world, Um, so hopefully this can go away as sort of kind of tackling that stigma. Um, As I said in the closing remarks to the interview with Daniel, um, you can get in contact with the show. Uh, via De Stefano Talks on Twitter or by emailing us at DeStefanoTalks at Outlook.com and that's it for me Uh, that's it for the podcast Um, I really enjoyed doing that interview with Daniel so a massive thanks to him again Um, and I hope you all enjoyed it as well Um, so until next time I will see you all later